Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Hey friends, I am so excited to be back for another week with you guys. This has been a fun journey and I keep reflecting on how I was doing an episode a week in the beginning and how crazy that is and I'm just really appreciative of all my fans that stuck by and still listen to the monthly episodes and I really think I'm able to Um, make it more of a healing journey for me as well because I get to produce the episodes and then think on them and, um, you know, do a lot more prep work. It's not so rushed and I can think about the content that I'm putting out there. And I really am trying to do this in the order of what I felt I needed when I started my codependency journey. So, Last month I did an episode on detachment and I think that's really important because I needed to learn tools of detachment really early on in my recovery. Otherwise I was just going to keep entertaining toxic relationships and not really being able to recover to the best of my ability. I'm just trying to provide content in the order that I felt the things that I learned were most necessary. And I hope that if you have anything or any topics with codependency that you would like me to cover, I would really love for you to inbox me on my Instagram at Beatrice Spills the Beans, or you can email me at codependency at Beatrice Spills the Beans.com. I would love to hear from you. I do get some messages and I just appreciate them and they're near and dear to my heart. As far as content goes, I think it would be great for people to reach out and tell me what they're struggling with and what they'd like to hear about. Today, we're going to do a deep episode on hashtag low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is one of the five patterns of codependency, the five core patterns of codependency. And it's something that is near and dear to me. I think that I have struggled with low self-esteem for my entire life, which is really interesting. And we'll get into it later. But a lot of people, when they meet me, they would not think that I struggle with low self-esteem because I'm really good at putting a mask on about it. But when I dive in deep about patterns and characteristics of low self-esteem, it is very apparent that for me at least, for myself, that I have issues with low self-esteem. And so with that, let's get started. We're going to start with a definition of low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is when someone lacks confidence about who they are and what they can do. They often feel incompetent, unloved, or inadequate People who struggle with low self-esteem are consistently afraid about making mistakes or letting other people down. Boom. I can attest that I have 
spent a lot of my years feeling unloved and inadequate and incompetent to others. And I just want you who are listening out there to know that if you struggle with low self-esteem, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is opportunity for growth and to heal wounds that have caused the low self-esteem and to move forward and to build your self-esteem. You won't always be stuck there. You don't have to always be stuck there. If you put in the work to heal yourself and to better yourself as a person, you can be in a much better situation down the road. So like I said, the uh, low self-esteem is one of the five codependency patterns. And let's go over some patterns and characteristics of low self-esteem. So someone with low self-esteem values others' approval over their own. So for me, this is really, this was a big one for me to learn when I started working on my codependency. I really didn't have opinions when I started realizing I had codependency issues. I spent most of my life doing things to please other people. I mean, at the time that I realized I had codependency issues, I was going to school to be a nurse, even though deep down I knew I didn't want to be a nurse because I knew that would make my dad proud. I constantly made most of my decisions based on what I thought other people would approve of or think of me. And that's why I'm sure I brought this up in other episodes. My number one mantra to myself when I started my recovery was I can make happy and healthy decisions for myself. I can make happy and healthy decisions for myself. And I had to tell myself this because I had to recognize that what other people thought and their opinions and their approval was not more important than my own thoughts, feelings, actions, and approval of my own doings and approval for myself instead of getting that from the outside. Working on codependency is an inside job and Codependents are known to look on the outside for reassurance and validation from everyone around them. And the more they don't get it, the more depressed and chaotic their life becomes. And so working from the inside out and building self-esteem is a huge part of working on codependency issues and combating those patterns and characteristics that make up codependency. So... Another pattern and characteristic is that someone with low self-esteem feels like they're never good enough. And this is one that I definitely struggle with. No matter what I did, I was always striving for more. Nothing was ever good enough for myself. Um, I always was comparing myself to others and looking at my life as a lens of having less than, and sometimes I still struggle with this. I compare my timeline to other people's timelines. It took me 10 years to get my college degree, but what I don't remember is that it took me 10 years because five of those years I was going for a degree that I didn't want and that wasn't going to serve me. And so it took me a long time and a lot of career changes to learn what my path was. And just because it took me 10 years, at least I got a degree in something I'm very passionate about. And I didn't go and get a degree 
and spend a lot of money on something that wasn't going to fit me. I think that now that I'm in my recovery and I can recognize those thought patterns of feeling less than and not feeling good enough. And now I can switch it around and find the positive in it, like recognizing that I found my calling and what's what I'm meant to do in my life and that, that I'm lucky to have found that. And it doesn't matter the years or the amount of time that it took me to get there. The fact that I got there is a blessing and it's a very positive attribute. And so changing my mindset has been a huge part of me working on my low self-esteem and working through my recovery. Another characteristic is that someone with low self-esteem judges what they think, say, or do harshly. So this is all about inner dialogue. And when having conversations with yourself in your head, like listening to the tape in your head and the way you talk to yourself. And for me, my inner dialogue when dealing with the most severe parts of my low self-esteem issues was always telling me that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worthy of love, that I was deserving of bad things, that I was dramatic. It was always pointing out my flaws and not building up any of my positive attributes. And and this was my low self-esteem, my tape that I had for years just playing on replay. And so when situations would occur and trouble would arise in my life, I would make it 10 times worse by the negative dialogue in my brain that I would be having with myself and beating myself up. My mom always told me that as a kid, she was never hard on me about school and grades and things like that because I was my own worst critic. I was always striving to do better. And at my parent-teacher conferences, I was often crying because I got a B instead of an A. And I just thought if I wasn't the best in the class, I was worthless, I guess. So that started at a really young age for me. And that idea of judging what I would say, think, or do, I often remember leaving social situations or social gatherings and beating myself up about something I said or a way I acted. And I can say like with a 99% positivity that the things I was beating up myself about people do not remember. It's just me thinking that my actions, thoughts, and words have such an impact on other people. And not that they don't, but I would make things way bigger in my head that I was, you know, that someone saw me. I can't even really think of an example, but all I can say is that I would ruminate in my mind about something that I felt like was a mistake, like... I made a joke and nobody laughed about it and everybody's going to think about that joke I made. Every time they see me, that's what they're going to think about. But in reality, like everyone is concerned about themselves. That's not their number one concern. I just don't know how to explain it. I just know that I spent a lot of time worrying about what other people thought of me and how they perceived me and not realizing that everyone's living their own life and doing their own thing. 
and my not everybody's just sitting around thinking about me all day. It's not all about me. Another characteristic of low self-esteem is getting embarrassed to receive recognition, praise, or gifts. So a lot of times people with low self-esteem do not do well with recognition or being the center of attention. It makes them feel very uncomfortable and basically out of their skin. And then there's the opposite of that, where there are some people with low self-esteem issues that they seek recognition and praise to overcome their feeling of being less than others. So that's one of those. There's a few traits of people with low self-esteem that can have opposite effects, and we'll go into more why that is later. I wanted people to acknowledge the things that I did, the positive things. And I think for me that came from a lack of that occurring. Something I noticed with my dad was that he would always talk good about us to others, but he would critique what we were doing to us directly. So he wouldn't always just come out right and say, I'm proud of you for doing this, this, and this. He would say, you could have done this better. But then you would hear him talking to someone else about how proud he was of us. And he wasn't giving us that directly. And I know for me, I craved that a lot. But I also, on the other hand, don't like being the center of attention in certain situations. And so I can go either way with that one. I I don't like opening gifts in front of people because I always feel that pressure that I need to react exactly the right way or people are going to be offended. And um, I put a lot of pressure on myself in those situations. But I do like to be recognized when I do something well, especially like at work. I like to be recognized when I put hard work into things. And when when I put a lot of work into something and it's not recognized, sometimes I catch myself feeling like, what was the point of doing that? But that's when I recognize that's a part of my low self-esteem that I have to get that recognition to feel better about myself. And that's why it's important to separate myself. I am not my work ethics. I am not that project. That project doesn't define me. Whether I get recognition for that project or not doesn't define how well I'm doing at my tasks at work. The next pattern So this is another one that can go either way. Someone with low self-esteem can either perceive themselves as unlovable and worthless, or on the opposite hand, they perceive themselves as superior to others. And those are both two low self-esteem patterns because when you suffer from low self-esteem, your inner dialogue is always talking down to you and making you feel small and worthless and that you're deserving of bad things. And sometimes people who feel that way, they project themselves as superior than others to compensate for the low self-worth that they're feeling inside. And later on, we'll talk about the different masks or faces of self-esteem. The reason that it comes off differently in different situations is because people who suffer from low self-esteem they cope with it differently. So some people are able to be 
honest, you can see that they feel less than and worthless. And then some people put a guard up and they talk as if they are better than everyone else because they feel superior to feel, to counteract that low self-esteem. So something that I had to learn when I went into codependency recovery was that oftentimes as a codependent, we have to rate ourselves with people as either they are better than us or less than us. And it's hard for us to see people as equals. And I recognize this with myself. The people that I treated or that I had codependent relationships with, I oftentimes put them on a pedestal. And then I would have other people that I felt really comfortable with and I would put them lower than me. Because for some reason, it was hard for me to perceive people as equal to me. I was always keeping count if someone was better than and less than. And my relationships would vary as far as how I would treat people based on what scale I put them on, if I put them on a pedestal or if I put them lower than me. And that really, really affected my relationships because if I put someone on a pedestal, I was always trying to work up to getting their approval and making sure that I was good enough for them. And if I made them lesser than me, I was more likely to be a bully to them or treat them in a way that I would never treat the person I put on the pedestal and maybe talk down to them or talk to them like they're stupid. And it just really did not do well for my relationships. So once I started my recovery and I recognized that everyone's equal to me and everyone has their innate worth, no matter if they are toxic person in my life or not, they're worthy of love and compassion and forgiveness and healthy relationships. Just sometimes if they're toxic for me, they're not worthy of that for me, but that doesn't mean that they're not worthy of it in their life as a whole. To me, learning that everyone's equal and they deserve loving, healthy relationships helped me to take people off their pedestal or not think of people as less than me and to treat people the same and have integrity in my relationships and treat people the way I'd want to be treated, not based on how I felt about them or where I ranked them. So another pattern of codependency is having difficulty admitting mistakes. Boy, did I have a hard time with this one. I have, in my almost six years of recovery, have learned to really own up to my mistakes. I think I've had a 180 to the point where I've gotten in trouble at work for admitting to my mistakes and my boss thinking that I'm overly taking the blame for things. But I have learned that it's so important to take ownership when mistakes happen and that mistakes are made to learn from and to grow from. And if you don't make mistakes, you're not growing. And I think it is such a positive trait for people to have to be able to own their mistakes. But when I had struggled with low self-esteem, it was so hard to admit mistakes because if I admitted mistakes, I felt like that was me admitting I am a failure and I am all these terrible things that my brain was telling me I was. It was very difficult to overcome, but once I overcame it, I felt 
free. That was such a freeing feeling to feel that I can admit mistakes and that that's a healthy, a healthy way to handle things. Another characteristic of low self-esteem is feeling the need to appear right to others, even if they need to lie. So this kind of goes with having a hard time admitting mistakes that when someone with low self-esteem thinks something and they figure out that it's not true, but they have made this case of why they feel a certain way or why they have this certain thought pattern, instead of saying, oh, I was wrong, they they go on and on to make their case and to prove, try to prove that what they're saying is truth. And sometimes it's even they have to go as far as lying to prove that. And I remember I would argue all the time with my best friend and I was would find out I'm wrong about things and I'm like how come you're always right and she goes because I don't argue about things unless I 100% know I just say I don't know and that that statement I don't know was so hard for me to learn and it's funny because I give my husband a hard time all the time because he has a hard time saying I don't know but I think it's because I resonate with it I resonate with that struggle of not being able to say, I don't know, and just having to have an answer. And then when I have an answer, if it's not right, having to feel like I need to prove that it's right to prove that I'm smart and, and that my opinion is worthy. Another characteristic of someone with low self-esteem is they're unable to identify and ask for what they need. So that's a huge codependency thing is indecisiveness and not knowing, you know, as codependents, a lot of times we put so much energy and effort into what everyone else needs that we don't even know what our ambitions, goals, dreams, um, what our interests are, because we're just, we're just molding ourselves to be whatever everyone else needs that we don't really even take the time to get to know ourselves. And then there's two more. The next characteristic is someone with low self-esteem looks to others to provide comfort and feel they have to be on good terms with others to feel safe and worthy. So this is codependency through and through. When we measure our worthiness based on where we are at with our relationships with others. So if someone is having a bad day and they're acting out, we take it as we are bad. Instead of they're having a bad day, we are bad because we can't make them happy or we're not worthy. And we really tie ourselves to the behaviors, actions, and feelings of others. Instead of being strong within ourselves and knowing our worth, we tie ourselves to them and to that we feel directly responsible and it directly relates to our mood and our feelings about ourselves. And so when someone is in a really good mood and they're happy, we're happy because we feel that we really trick ourselves into believing we have that much power. And if someone's miserable, we feel 
and superior and just worthless because we correlate their well-being with our worth. And it's a terrible cycle to be stuck in, but it's really common for codependents to have that, um, to struggle with that. And then the last characteristic is that codependents with low self-esteem have trouble setting boundaries, trouble setting healthy boundaries. And this is because, in my opinion, we don't know our worth. We don't know what boundaries to set because we fear that if we set boundaries, we're not going to have or we're not worthy of healthy relationships. So we think that if we don't let people treat us however they've been treating us for years and patterns that we've set up in our relationships, if we change that, we're going to be abandoned and that we're not worthy of people respecting boundaries. And so this is a huge low self-esteem issue because the worse we feel about ourselves, the more likely we are going to struggle with setting healthy boundaries because we don't know our worth. We simply don't know our worth. I'm going to go to the different faces of codependency. According to a University of Texas of Austin study, there are three faces of low self-esteem. The first is the imposter. An imposter acts happy and successful, but is terrified of failure. They live with a constant fear of being found out. So the imposter acts happy and successful, but is terrified of failure and lives with a constant fear of being found out. I think that when I dealt with my self-esteem issues, I was very much the imposter. Everyone I knew would tell me that they were so jealous of my confidence. And not everyone, but people, when they would have conversations, candid conversations with me, they would tell me they're so jealous of my confidence. And that would blow me away because I felt like the least confident person in the world. But I think because I put on this face of being successful and happy all the time and people didn't really know the stress and worry and going on in the background of my mind how small and unworthy I felt that it went really unnoticed as a character defect of mine the second face of low self-esteem is the rebel they act like the opinions or goodwill of others especially people of power or authority, don't matter, and they live with constant anger about not feeling good enough. This could lead to problems like blaming others excessively, breaking rules, laws, or opposing authority. So that is another type of face that someone can put on when they have low self-esteem and a way that they will act out. And then the third face of low self-esteem is the victim, They act helpless and unable to cope with the world, and they wait for someone to come and and rescue them. They use self-pity or indifference as a shield against fear. They look to others for guidance and can lead to problems such as unassertiveness, underachievement, and excessive reliance on others in relationships. Those are the three faces of low self-esteem and That kind of explains why someone with low self-esteem can have totally different characteristics, opposing characteristics, but still be suffering from low self-esteem.
let's talk about some causes of low self-esteem. Some causes of low self-esteem from a Psychology Today article include, one, disapproving authority figures. If you grow up with someone, or especially a parent that is always telling you that you're not good enough and always critiquing you and making you think that you could always be better instead of praising you for where you're at, that can be one cause of low self-esteem. Another cause could be uninvolved caregivers. So if you have a caregiver that's not very involved, it can lead you to feel unimportant and unacknowledged, and that can lead to low self-esteem issues. Another cause can be authority figures in conflict. So a lot of times when people have caregivers that fight a lot or parents who are constantly fighting and arguing, a lot of times children take that on as they're doing something wrong or they're the problem or they're the reason the fighting is happening. And when that occurs, that can cause low self-esteem issues. Another huge cause of low self-esteem is bullying, whether it be at home, at school, or at daycare, anywhere, really. Being bullied can wreak havoc on a person's self-esteem, especially for being bullied for a period of time. It really affects people's self-esteem and how they look at themselves And being in an environment where they feel unsafe can lead to feeling unsafe within ourselves. Another cause could be academic challenges without caregiver support. So when children are struggling in school and they're not getting the support they need at home to overcome their struggles, it can leave them to feel that they are dumb. It creates doubts of... Um, how smart they are or that it makes them feel that they are not capable of learning and when they struggle in school and they see other people excelling or at least not struggling on the level they are it makes them feel less than and affects their self-esteem another cause of low self-esteem is trauma physical emotional or sexual abuse may be the most overt cause for low self-esteem. And I think that this is because people that have had traumatic experiences in their life, a lot of times their mind plays tricks on them and they feel like they were deserving of that abuse because of some type of character defect that they decide they have. Or sometimes that's a coping mechanism for dealing with trauma and that really can affect self-esteem. Another cause of low self-esteem can depend on someone's belief system growing up. So if they're constantly being told that they are sinning or that their behaviors or thoughts are disapproving, this can severely affect their self-esteem. And then last but not least, society and media can affect low self-esteem. And this is due to society and media showing an unrealistic expectation of what someone should be or what they should strive for in life. And I think that that's a huge contributor to people's low self-esteem. So let's talk about how to work on self-esteem. I'm going to talk about five ways to work on self-esteem based on an article I read by Guy Witch. So the first way to work on self-esteem is to use positive affirmations. 
and to use affirmations that are believable and not too far out of reach. So, for example, a positive affirmation could be, I am strong. And you might not really believe I am strong at all and you feel very weak. And so when you say that, it's not believable to you. So you could change that affirmation to I am getting stronger every day. And especially if you're doing something to contribute to that and you're telling yourself that every day, you're going to start believing it. And one day you might work your way up to being able to say I am strong and believing it. But just changing it a little bit to make it a little bit more believable will make that affirmation go a long way. A second way to work on your self-esteem is to identify your competencies and develop them. So find the core things that you're good at. And maybe this is making a list of things that you're good at and positive attributes you have. And then find ways to develop them. So if you're really good at cooking, maybe take an online cooking class or find a cooking class in your area and work on that even more or start planning dinner parties where you can show off your cooking skills to friends. The third way to boost your self-esteem is to learn to accept compliments. So try to practice simple responses like thank you and keep them in your head or thank you very much or just practice what you would say if someone's like, I really like your dress. Practicing really can go a long way and helps you to combat the urge to rebuff compliments. So the next time someone says, wow, you look really healthy, be like, really? I just ate a cheeseburger. Instead of saying that, you, you've been practicing to say, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that can really help build your self-esteem because you're not just automatically shooing off compliments and you can start absorbing them and believing them for yourself eventually. The fourth way to build your self-esteem is to eliminate self-criticism and introduce self-compassion. So when you notice your self-criticism kicking in, ask yourself what you would say to a close friend with those thoughts and direct those comments to yourself. So a lot of times we seem to be a lot more compassionate and understanding for others. And so sometimes it's a good idea to direct that compassion and understanding towards ourselves and be just a little less critical and a little more uplifting to ourselves. And last but not least, another way to build your self-esteem is to affirm your real worth and make a list of qualities and positive characteristics you have. When dealing with a specific issue, create a list to help with that specific issue. For example, if you didn't get a promotion at your job and you're feeling like you're a worthless employee, write down all the ways that you are a valuable employee and read that list to yourself to help affirm that you are worthy of a promotion. You just It just wasn't the right time today and to help get you out of that negative thinking pattern. All that said, low self-esteem is something that can cause a lot of issues in relationships. And it is important to work on self-esteem because some consequences of low self-esteem include anxiety, stress, loneliness, and increased likelihood of depression. It can cause problems with friendships and romantic relationships. It can seriously impair 
academic or job performance, and it can lead to increased vulnerability to drug and alcohol abuse. So if you didn't have a reason already before listening to this podcast, there's my public service announcement of why it's really important to start working on self-esteem patterns and listening to that inner dialogue that you have with yourself and seeing if it's helping or hindering your relationship with yourself and others. And I can say for me, the best thing I learned from dealing with my low self-esteem is that I'm worthy of a healthy relationship. When I struggled with low self-esteem, I stayed in a toxic and abusive marriage for far too long. Well, really a toxic and abusive relationship for far too long because A, I didn't know that I deserved better and B, I didn't think I could get better. I thought that if I left that relationship, I was going to be alone and no one would want me because I wasn't worthy of something healthy. And it was really interesting in between my husband and meeting my husband, the transformation of my dating and that the stronger I got and the more positive self-esteem I built, the healthier my relationships became until I attracted my husband, who is very respectful to me. I feel that we have a pretty healthy relationship, but the guys in between were pretty questionable and I had to learn my worth and walk away from those relationships and tell them that it wasn't a healthy enough relationship for me to invest time in. Sometimes it was them telling me that they weren't good enough for me. And instead of being a codependent and trying to fix them and tell them they are good enough for me and figure out how to make it work and thinking I could fix them, listening to them and saying, you know what, you're right. You're not in a good enough space for me right now. And you're not building healthy habits that I want to partake in. I really got to build my self-esteem by turning people down or turning them away and listening to people when they put their guard up and realized that I deserved better than what they were capable of giving me at that time. I think that the key to healthy and loving relationships, whether it be a friendship or a romantic relationship, is knowing our own worth and dealing with our own self-esteem issues. I do notice that when I'm struggling with my self-esteem, it makes me more insecure and my behaviors are different. And it does affect my relationships. Knowing what different are characteristics of low self-esteem and working on those things and being aware of them is really helpful to building long-lasting and healthy relationships. So with that, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And this was a really deep and fun episode to put together. I just really hope that those of you that can relate get something from this and are able to move forward and work on your own self-esteem. I don't know of any book recommendations on working on self-esteem, but I can say that my friend Brene Brown, she has a lot of great things that have helped me with my self-esteem, but she's not blatantly talking about self-esteem, but she talks about resilience and shame resilience. And I think that shame talk has a lot to do with low self-esteem. So if you want to check out my favorite books from her is Daring Greatly, and you could check that out at Audible. And you can go over to our friends at audibletrial.com slash beans with a capital B and start your own free trial with a free book credit that Audible offers to all of our valued listeners. If you would like to check out that book or check out many of the thousands of titles that they have at Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash beans with a capital B. 
Thank you guys so much. And if you related to anything in this episode, I would love for you to send a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be so helpful to the podcast and keeping it going. Or send me a email or Instagram DM just sharing your thoughts of this episode. And also, if you have any ideas for future episodes, I would love to hear it. And remember, awareness sparks growth, my friends. Thank you.